You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. Today, we've got another fabulous guest on the show. We have Sarah Shaw. She's a meditation teacher, and she's also the founder and CEO of Mother Yin. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Taylor. So we were chatting before the show, as I often do with guests. And for Sarah in particular, I wanted to know, was there an inflection point for her? For me personally, I can think of my life kind of before I started realizing how important self-care was in my life after. And Sarah, it sounds like you have a really similar journey, except for you, instead of broadly self-care, it's your relationship to meditation. And that's been really a pivotal point in your life. So can you tell us how you found meditation and what that journey has looked like for you? Of course. So I, at the beginning, was the person who, you know, if somebody told me they were meditating, I was like, I could never do that. And I would kind of roll my eyes at the people who meditated. And then after graduating from college, I was living in San Francisco and I had friends telling me about the benefits of meditation. They were happier. They felt healthier. They were less stressed. And over time, I eventually went through a couple different things in my life. I was figuring out what I wanted to do career-wise, just the difficulty of life post-grad. I had a relationship end and I was going through some family things. So it all kind of happened at once. They say when it rains, it pours. And that was completely true in that scenario for me. So I started meditating. I moved to New York City and I had been meditating on and off. I realized a lot of what I was doing in San Francisco was forms of meditation. And in college, I had started to get into reading more about Eastern philosophies like Taoism, which is basically this idea of going along with life, like you're kind of just floating along in a river and you don't really resist what comes up. And that philosophy really touched me and impacted me at that point in my life because I had so much resistance and so much of an urge to control what was happening around me. And yeah, I started meditating and, you know, I had been doing it a little bit with friends and on my own and doing walking meditation. But I was in New York City and I bought a 30-day pass to a meditation studio in New York called Mindful. And that's what really solidified my practice for me. And basically, you know, when you buy a 30-day pass to a yoga studio, you think you'll go every day and you never end up going every day. You go like maybe three times in the entire month. And I actually went, I think it was like 28 out of the 30 days. And on some days I meditated for more than one class. I'd go on the weekends and sit through like two or three classes. And the change I felt in my life and just my body. I was happier. I felt healthier. I was so much less stressed. Nothing fazed me. And that's when I, I mean, I almost felt like I was on some kind of drug or something. I was so happy all of the time. And I realized the benefit and the impact of meditation. And I had read all about the scientific reports 
And I've always been very interested in the science behind things. Both of my parents are physicians, but I'm a bit more of a creative writer and a traveler, and I love to learn through experiences. So that experience is what made me realize that, wow, this really works. This is powerful. And then I was hooked. It was like, I couldn't stop. I was in a healthy way, but I, it just made me feel so good. So I became a meditation teacher actually just to teach my friends and family how to meditate because it had made such an impact on me. And I really didn't think it would be something I did full time. I really just wanted to learn how to guide my like parents and my brothers and my friends through meditation because I knew it would really help them. And now I teach meditation all over the world. I teach to kids. My master's thesis was actually on the positive impact of meditation on refugee women and children who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So I studied that in a more formal academic capacity too. And yeah, it's really just changed my life. And I think when you start meditating like that, it naturally opens up all of the other other avenues of self-care. So you become more mindful of your energy levels, what you're eating, who you're spending your time with and how they're impacting your energy. And when you need a break, like I do this thing now where when I was recently living in New York City, I moved to Bali for six months though. And when I was in New York, I would joke that, you know, I had a friend and she wasn't doing so well and she needed a break and she needed my attention and company when friends would ask me to go out with them or hang out. And I was that friend. (laughs) So I kind of would be like, yeah, my friend needs me right now, just referring to myself. And I would just take care of myself in a way that I think we forget to. So I just started taking care of myself like my own best friend and living alone in Bali for six months has just really solidified that relationship with myself. And it's always a work in progress. I think self-care is always the thing you relearn and practice every day and make an effort to practice. And I'm constantly on that journey, but I think I've gotten a lot better than I was four or five years ago. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your journey around meditation. I think it's really cool how you've brought this experiential component, this creative side of yourself, but also really gotten grounded in the science. And now I know so much of the work that you do with Mother Yin and for people listening, Sarah will share more about what it is, but she is creating this wellness community for women to be really rooted in their feminine and be rooted in ancient practices. So, Sarah, could you tell us a little bit more about how your experience with meditation led you to go deeper into these spiritual practices, these ancient practices, and ultimately this goal of helping connect women to themselves? I'd love to. So I think that a lot of the way I interact with the world is due to the way my parents raised me. I'm They've raised me and my brothers to be really open-minded and willing to try out new cultures and new foods and just really understanding that every community is unique in its own way and the things they believe and they do are right. And it's just a different way of thinking. So I think because of the way my parents raised me in that way, I'm just very open-minded and willing to try anything new. And also the other side of me is I'm very interested in learning and reading So when I got into meditation, I read all of the books. I read, you know, the more intense Chinese Taoist philosophy books. And then I read 
books on love, books on all kinds of different approaches to meditation written by Westerners, written by Easterners, from Sufism to Zen Buddhism to just about anything in middle Hinduism. I was reading it all. And I think that at the core, once you read so much of that, you realize all those books say the exact same thing. It's just said in a different way. And sometimes you need that helpful reminder. I still reread those books because I need someone to remind me of all those just core principles of, you know, be kind, don't stress about the future, live in the present moment, appreciate the beauty of the world around you. Nature can teach you so much. And that influenced how I started seeing the world and then how I started practicing. And I think with meditation, there's obviously the people who sit for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour a day. And I do sit for 20 minutes a day. But I've really incorporated mindfulness into my everyday life. When I'm eating, I try to slow down and eat slower. And when I realize I'm not doing it, which most of the time I'm not, I really make an effort to chew my food, especially in America where we rush so much. And if I'm walking to, you know, a bet from a bedroom to a bathroom, I'll try and be mindful of my footsteps against the ground and really be present for that walk to the bathroom. Or I really love loving kindness practice. It's, I'm sure you've heard of it, but for listeners who haven't, it's sending uh, phrases of love and compassion, actually first to yourself and then to different people. So it's like, may I be happy? May I be healthy? And when I'm on the streets, I'll actually send those to different people. I'll be like, may you be happy. May you be healthy just walking down the street. And it's easier to do in other cities around the world. In New York, when I started doing that, people would give me the weirdest looks. Like, why is this girl staring at me? I was like, I'm just trying to send you some love and compassion. Don't look at me that way. So yeah, it's just impacted how I started living. I have a much deeper appreciation of nature than I used to have when I was younger. Right now, I'm actually in Australia, and I have I hadn't been before, and just the trees here are so different and beautiful, and the bugs are just like bugs I've never seen before, and I'm just so much more aware of the world around me. And I think in today's age, it's so easy to become disconnected from nature with our phones and our laptops and TV and just the screens that are constantly around us, social media, all of that stuff. And I've really made an effort to slowly start to disconnect from that stuff and reconnect with the world around me. And that's what I want Mother Yin to be because especially as women, you know, our cycles are our connection to nature, just like, you know, summer comes, winter comes, autumn comes, all these seasons come and go. The woman's cycle is the same way, you know, we build up our uterine lining, we get ready to either have a baby or release an egg. And then we release the egg and then it all starts over and nature is just a cycle. And so is the way things happen in our body. And the tr- the same is true for men as well. But I think women share this really cool, physical, tangible connection with nature that you can see every month. And over time, I think there's been a lot of shame and negativity associated with menstruation. And in ancient times, menstruation used to be celebrated and it used to be something so cool and fascinating. And people understood that women were these powerful, unique beings and from them life came and they revered that. 
And slowly over time, we've adopted this culture of shame where certain religions won't let you into, you know, the temple or the mosque or even more like orthodox religions won't let you touch the the holy book when you're menstruating and or you're like considered dirty or even in America it's like you're you're being so bitchy right now are you on your period it's just this negativity that's started to be associated with something that is so powerful and wonderful and i think that that along with technology has really disconnected women from their bodies and if we can reconnect with these ancient ways of looking at the woman and the cycle and the earth we can really reconnect with ourselves in this beautiful way and that's what i want to do through mother yin so it's a lot about education and you know breaking things down where i include a little bit more of the what some people would say the new age or the woo woo like like mother yin comes out every full and new moon but that's because there are scientific studies that say you know women's cycles do align with the moon cycle and that's why it's called the moon cycle in some circles because the phases of the moon happen in 28 days and our cycle does the same and if you think about it over time we've been introduced to all these different sources of light pollution like our screens uh the light in our homes like we shouldn't be in a bright place after the sun goes down but we are at home and turning on our living room lights and watching our tv or playing netflix on our laptops and this is affecting our circadian rhythm and disconnecting us from the natural light outside which is the sun and the moon. And so naturally maybe our cycles won't be as connected to the moon and nature as we used to be, but we can actively recreate that by putting our laptops and our phones away as hard as it is and I'm guilty of it too. But when the sun goes down really trying to tap back into this more natural cycle. And yeah, I hope that answer was helpful. I know I said a lot of different things. I think that was wonderful. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows how much I love talking about periods, how lo- much I love talking about our menstrual cycle. And I do think that it's something that there's been so much shame put around it for a lot of reasons. And it's so wonderful to see women starting to reconnect with that part of themselves. I know I've had different people as I, I'm just more open about like right now I'm in my luteal phase or as we're recording this, I'm actually menstruating, but I'm more open and saying like, I'm in ovulation. I'm feeling this right now. I'm in luteal. I'm turning a little bit more inward and having, right, being open and talking about what my cycle looks like and seeing what that brings out in other women. And sometimes that's curiosity. Sometimes that's shame, sometimes that's fear because we've all had different relationships to it. And that's part of why I love the work that you're doing with Mother Ian, not just in sharing information, but also the way that you're highlighting different healers, people who have different experiences and different modalities, and just exposing women to these practices that they can take part in to start to connect with this essential part of ourself that we've often been taught to view as a nuisance. So everyone, if you can't tell, I I love, love, love what Sarah is doing with Mother Ian. And I think it's a really valuable resource. I've gotten stuff out of it just by being subscribed. And Sarah, we might have to have a whole other show where we really dive into each phase. I did that a little bit last year and people have told me that 
that was some of their favorite episodes was to dive into each phase of the the menstrual cycle and to learn a little bit about what's going in their body because unfortunately a lot of schools don't really teach that or they gloss over it. Yeah, and just I and then upcoming issue of Mother Yin there'll be an issue that just talks about our mental health in each phase of our cycle. So just as I've become more connected to my cycle if I'm stressed one week or anxious or lethargic or don't feel like hanging out with anyone, I know it's because of where I am in my cycle. And it's, I know it's not me. It's not anything else. It's not the other person. It's just where I naturally am. And like nature, I can let that cycle come and go. Yeah. Well, I want to dive into the lightning questions. These are questions I ask everyone who comes on the show. So the first question is, what's something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? And it could be on any topic. That's a good question. I've been learning a lot of different things. I'm reading a book right now about the Japanese art of wabi-sabi, which is basically Japanese minimalism. And I just finished that book yesterday. And it just talks all about the Japanese tea ceremony and the exclusivity surrounding it and how just this interest. I love tea. So it's just been a really fascinating thing to learn about and see how it's been incorporated into Japanese culture. So that's one thing I'm learning about that's really interesting. That's wonderful. The next question that I have for you and actually, before I go into the next question, it's you're the second person who's mentioned Wabi Sabi to me. So I'm like, I need oh, to really? go research this some more. So I realized I just said something that seemed maybe kind of flip, but it's because I'm like, this is a sign. I'm supposed to read more about Wabi Sabi, and I'm probably going to go Google as yeah. soon as we get off of this interview. <laughs> the next question that I have for you is, what is something that you are in the process of unlearning? That's a good question, too. I think I've gotten better about it, but especially over the last six months of living in Bali, I'm getting a lot better about learning that I can't control things. I, it's been a process over the last like three or so years, but I'm a lot better at surrendering and trusting and unlearning this need to control every outcome or this need to control how I'm supposed to feel. I just let it come and go. And yeah, I guess I'm learning day by day how to be more present and more accepting of everything that comes up. And I'm unlearning the desire to control. That makes a lot of sense. And then the last question is my favorite. And it is, what is a way that you've grown that you're proud of? And really allow yourself to be proud, to brag about yourself, and to allow me and all the listeners to be celebrating with you. So this is going to sound really sappy, but I have fallen in the last three years, maybe four years, so deeply in love with myself. I can be alone with myself and truly enjoy my company. I like will take, I'll dress up and take myself out on dates. And, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. I think I definitely didn't feel that way years ago. And to be able to say that, like I even saying it makes my heart warm. It's like (laughs) my crush is telling me they love me or something, but you know, there's always hard days. There's days when you're hard on yourself and you're crankier and you put yourself down maybe a little bit, but I've just developed such a deep 
self-love and self-appreciation for myself that that's what I'm the most proud of in this entire journey. I love that. Thank you for sharing and just hearing you talk about your self-love. Like I can hear you smiling and I can hear the warmth in your voice. So we're proud of you too for the, the love that you've cultivated with yourself. And I hope that people listening are able to hear the self-love that you've cultivated and see it as an inspiration and hopefully start to cultivate some self-love of their own. So Sara, if people want to follow you and Mother Yin after listening to this episode, where can they continue to stay connected with you? Yeah, so they can subscribe to the newsletter at www.motheryin.com. So it's mother and then yin.com. And I actually, because I don't have social media personally, for a while, I didn't want to launch the company with social media, but I'm quickly realizing that's ideal and like kind of a dream world where you have a company without social media. So soon there'll be an Instagram page in the next month or so, just an inspirational Instagram page that helps, uh, you know, with education and self-care information. But for now, I'd love to have them subscribe and the social media page will be announced in coming weeks. And this episode is going to go live in a couple of months from when we're recording. So I'll definitely make sure that any social media is linked in the show notes. Perfect. Sarah, thank you so much for being on B-School and thank you to everyone who is listening. Thank you. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.